T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. All right, college football national championship on Monday night. LSU Clemson, the one we've all been waiting for. Can anyone, anything, any team stop Joe Burrow and that incredible collection of wide receivers and how LSU is dominating, smashing records off the football field as well on a Friday home and home. A radio.com sports original. We're brought to you by Zip Recruiter. Check them out in 2020, the smartest way to hire. I'm Dave Briggs in Connecticut. Ross Tucker's in Pennsylvania. Be in the booth this weekend for the NFL's divisional round on Westwood One. Ross Tucker, quick question for you before you break down the college football national championship game. What school do you think drinks more beer than anyone in the country at football games? Ooh, that's a good question. Um... I think LSU's probably up there, but I would go with volume. I'd go with like Michigan or Penn State, one of the 110,000 stadiums. I absolutely would have said the same thing, but no, it is indeed the number one team in football, the number one team in drinking beer at their college football games. Let's talk about it with Chris Blair. He is the play-by-play Voice voice of LSU Tigers. Chris, great to have you on the show. It's Dave Briggs and it's Ross Tucker. I don't know if you've seen this. Great story, though. LSU drank 55,000 beers in an October game. That was a record. They were astonished until they drank 60,000 plus the very next week. Have you ever seen anything like the beer drinking habits of the LSU student body? Well, no, they're pretty good at it. Uh, I knew the answer to the question when you asked it originally, because um, <laughs> I've seen it firsthand. But uh, if you've been to a, a Saturday uh, at Tiger Stadium, I mean, that wouldn't come as any surprise. Uh, uh, one thing I've learned since moving to, to this part of the country, they will throw a party at the drop of a hat. So when you throw a college football game in the middle of that, um, they have no problem uh, reaching and, and, and surpassing the challenge, whatever it may be, whether it's playing football or or whether it's uh, whether it's drinking beer, but uh, you know, for the for the Peach Bowl, I know the team hotel um, ran out of uh, ran out of beer. They were overrun by uh, Tiger fans. So it's the one place this coming Monday night, and we joked about it uh, during the Peach Bowl. It's the one place for this national title game where there's no chance LSU is going to drink the city dry, and that's in New Orleans. So, Chris, uh, you know, you've been to a lot of places. And I have never been to Tiger Stadium for an LSU game. Is there anything like it? I mean, who who is your who is your second place place to to call a game, and how close is it to Tiger Stadium? Because I'm assuming that's number one for you. Yeah, it is. And you know, I say this a lot because you you know I've had the the privilege of going to a lot of great places. And let me say, uh, there are some great tailgates from coast to coast, and they all have their own. A little unique feel to them. But the way I always put it is there's no place like it. And you said it exactly that way. There's just no place like it. 
um, Tiger Stadium uh, on a Saturday afternoon, especially when the game's going to be under the lights uh, at night. Uh, so it's extremely unique. Um, you know, they have a lot of fun all across the SEC, and that's where we go in season, uh, season in and season out. Um, but again, I, I would put, uh, you take anybody who's just looking to experience college football and, and put them in Baton Rouge on a Saturday afternoon, I, I dare say they will, they will give you the same response, which is there's no place like it. And, and more than likely, they'll say, uh, when can I come back? Talking to Chris Blair, the play-by-play voice of the number one LSU Tigers playing Clemson in the National Football Championship on Monday night. We won't ask you who you think is going to win the game, Chris. Where is the biggest advantage for LSU against Clemson? What matchup are you watching in particular? Well, it's going to start in the passing game. And and I guess you could start with Joe Burrow, just simply what he has done this season. And he's been, uh, you know, basically shown everything, at least in the college game defensively, that I think anybody could throw at him. Uh, a lot of different exotic blitzes. Uh, we've seen eight men in coverage, um, and they've been able to adjust. And I think the reason they're able to adjust is just all the weapons that are at his disposal. But if there's a matchup, I think uh, that will be interesting to watch. It's going to be the, the LSU receiving core versus Clemson's defensive backs. Um, you know, I've talked to a lot of people over in the upstate of South Carolina, and they tell me that this isn't quite the defensive front that Clemson had certainly last year, maybe even the year before that, uh, simply because they had basically an NFL front. Uh, and those guys now are playing in the NFL. Uh, but it's a very hardened secondary, and probably that's the, the, the strength of their defense. So. That, to me, sets up a great matchup in what I believe, and I could be biased, but I think the numbers bear it out, uh, the top receiving trio in the country with Justin Jefferson, uh, Jamar Chase, the Bolitnikoff winner, and, and Terrace Marshall, who is going to be 100% healthy. Um, so I think the matchup there, because we've seen, as I mentioned, so many different defensive approaches to this LSU passing game. Are you going to bracket coverage, double coverage? Or are you going to drop eight? Uh, back there, I mean, you kind of have to pick your poison under which of those three receivers you're going to focus on. And then beyond that, Thad Moss, uh, the tight end who, who really looks like an NFL wide receiver, but fits more into that tight end hybrid position here at LSU, um, you know, he's been able, he's another one you got to account for. And then out of that, they've instituted the, the passing game with the running backs and Clyde Edwards E. Lair. So it, it's kind of like, where are they going to put the emphasis? And how quickly can LSU react to that and get it to the guy that they're basically saying, uh, we're going we're gonna to let this guy beat us? When did you know, Chris, that, that Joe Burrow in particular and that this team was special and different? You know, I, I would say the third preseason game, um, you know, it was a closed scrimmage over at Tiger Stadium. And, you know, we watched preseason scrimmage one, looked good. Uh, you always take that with a grain of salt. These guys are, are tired in the, in the heat of the summer. They're tired of hitting each other. Second preseason game, we left saying, you know, th- there wasn't a lot of drop passes. The ball, number one, went in the air quite a bit. Number two, uh, it was caught. Um, and then in, by the preseason scrimmage three, you know, I think all of us that took that in came away from that saying, you know, this may surprise people, and people may think we're crazy when we talk about this wide-open LSU offense based on what they have traditionally been known for. Um, but I think this this team has a shot to to put points on the board. And then, you know, many people may remember that Joe Burrow during SEC media days 
uh, basically said to everybody, hey, get ready, LSU's offense is going to put up 40, 50, and 60 points. And I remember a lot of people scoffing at that. Uh, I think there were even LSU fans that thought, come on, Joe, let's pump the brakes a little bit. Um, but, boy, they have delivered right at 50 points a game. They put 60 up on the board a handful of times this year, including against Oklahoma in the Peach Bowl. So um, I think just watching them in preseason and you realize, look at all the skilled players that LSU has traditionally had. What's been the missing link? And it's been this type of playmaking quarterback. And Joe Burrow has done a tremendous job. In, in improving from year one in Baton Rouge to year two, where he's just set video game numbers up all year. Chris, I got two more for you that I'm interested in. One is Coach O and one's the Superdome. I'll go with Coach O first. What were your thoughts initially, honestly, when he was hired? Because it felt like there was a perception that he was just kind of a, a Cajun good old boy, and they just gave him the job like for that, but he's not really a good coach. Look what happened at Ole Miss. What did you think when they first gave him the job? Well, you know, he was named interim uh, after four games into the 2016 season, and of course when that happens, there's not a whole lot of time uh, to, to really start analyzing, and I think at that point people said, okay, let's see how Coach O does with the remaining schedule. Uh, and that gives LSU time to go scour the country and, and possibly find somebody to come in as a replacement. But I immediately got to start working with Coach O. Uh, obviously knew him as the defensive line coach, but, you know, working with him behind the scenes. And, you know, a, a lot of what he talked about when people would listen was the mistakes he made at Ole Miss and how he, first of all, identified those mistakes and secondly, reached out to others in the business and more specifically, very successful people in the business on how to avoid those mistakes a second time. And he leaned a lot on Pete Carroll. And you hear Coach O talk a lot, not the X's and O's as much as the organization and structure of his program. Um, and he quickly said, I'm the CEO. I cannot coach this team as the head coach like I do the defensive line. He said that was one of the mistakes I made uh, in Oxford when his first opportunity as a head coach. So, you know, he sold me over pretty quick uh, because, A, I, I appreciate anybody who, who realizes their shortcomings and then goes actively trying to improve those. And I felt like he had. And, and secondly, I could see the organization he was building, uh, that he desperately needed the administration to allow him uh, to assemble the staff that he needed. And that meant making some changes. And some of those changes were made pretty early on uh, in that interim season. Uh, so I, I've been a big Coach O fan from, from day one. And, you know, at his press conference, guys, in 2016, when being named the full-time head coach, I, I don't know. He had a crystal ball. I, I think maybe I'm surprised it's happened in his third full year. But he told us word for word, line by line, what he wanted to see LSU football look like in the mm -hmm. future under his direction. And we're seeing it here in 2019. Coach O seems like the kind of guy players would take a bullet for. Close my eyes, I can just picture, roll dad, fuck you, legendary quote from the post-game uh, speech in the locker room. Un unfortunately, was uh, put out there on Instagram. Talking to Chris Blair, the play-by-play -play voice of LSU. Another coach deserves a lot of credit. Maybe he's getting too much. Joe Brady, the passing game coordinator. How responsible is he for the success of Joe Burrow? 55 touchdowns, six interceptions, 78% completion percentage, and can they keep him in Baton Rouge? Well, I think the plans, to, to answer your last question, I think the plans are already in place. Obviously, it's not public, but 
Um, you know, these guys, Coach O is, again, uh, has, has navigated through this coaching profession for a lot of years. Uh, and, you know, John Robinson, the legendary coach at USC, is, is part of his staff in, a, in an advisory role. And, and, and they knew people were immediately going to come after Joe Brady. But to, to answer your first question, yeah, I think he deserves a lot of the credit. Um, because that's what they were looking for. You know, last year they went um, with the offense, Steve Ensminger again, who's, you know, called more football games than, than, than I'll ever imagine probably uh, in his 30 years as a college coach. Um, and he's got a trust with Coach O. So that trust makes Ed feel very comfortable. But they both agreed after uh, losing that game uh, to Alabama in Tiger Stadium in 2018 that we can't line up. Uh, and just simply try to smash people out of our way and win football games. You might be able to do that eight, nine times out of the year because you're just bigger, stronger, and faster. And, and in fact, that's kind of where LSU was for uh, about seven years. So they decided we got we to do something about this. And, you know, I, I give Joe Prady a lot of credit because he brought the new principles, obviously instituted the RPO. Uh, he understands – the way to attack a defense. And uh, when you watch LSU, and I mentioned the great receiving core, it's great to watch the film because you see these guys run such great routes. They find the empty cushions or, or the vacuum, if you will, against defenses. And that's really a credit to Joe Brady. But I think a lot of credit, again, goes to Steve Ensminger because here's a guy who has no ego in it at all. He wants LSU to win. He was a star quarterback at LSU. He's been a coach on the staff in a number of roles uh, for a number of years. And he's not looking for credit. He, he's here to win for LSU. And when Coach O and, and Steve uh, Ensminger met Joe Brady, they thought this is the type of guy that can bring us the new principles. We'll merge that together with Steve's experience and kind of a feel for a game. And it's really fun to watch these guys work in the booth. And, and I, again, the preseason scrimmage was another indication to me that this could be special because we got to watch him in an empty stadium. And, and Joe's kind of looking ahead watching trends from the defense and then pulling from their array of plays. And then he's kind of forwarding those to Steve as the game goes along. So Steve's got these options in front of him. And again, I think Steve does a great job of, of understanding and having a feel for the game, which as much as Joe knows about the game and the X's and O's and how to draw up an effective offense, he hasn't had the experience of calling a game in that type of situation. So the fact that they put this marriage together in the booth and they work so well together is another big reason why LSU has been as successful as they've been. All right, Chris, last one. We'll get you out of here. The Superdome, Monday night. How rocking will that place be? And maybe in particular, how many points do you think and edges for that for LSU? I mean, obviously, if they're playing in Tiger Stadium, three or four points, according to the odds makers or the bookies. What do you think the Superdome environment will be like? And, and how much of an edge do you give to LSU for that? Well, you know, I've heard from a lot of people and, and, and they feel like they're inside the building that will be maybe two to one, maybe even three to one. The last numbers I saw uh, yesterday based on uh, sales on the secondary market. Um, so, you know, Clemson's a, a team and I spent five years at Clemson, so I had a lot of respect for them and uh, they travel well. They haven't become a spoiled fan base just because they've had uh, success and already picked up uh, two titles. Uh, they, they, they're still hungry, so they're going to travel well. Um, but inside the building, you may have a three-to-one advantage. Um, and again, I, I don't know early on if that will affect Clemson. Uh, they're a pretty pretty confident bunch, deservedly so. 
Um, but anybody like you know inside the stadium, when when your team can get something going and suddenly the crowd becomes electric, um, you know, and it's a three to one crowd, uh, I, I think that's key. And I also think um, you know they can impact Trevor Lawrence uh, and that Clemson offense trying to make sure because if you've been in the dome. Um, again, it's, it's a loud place to work. So if you put a packed house in there, uh, it can, it can be hard to communicate on the field. We saw that last week with Minnesota, uh, every, between every play, you basically got Kirk Cousins trying to hear through his helmet. So it, it could be a factor. And I think it's because of the game leading up the, the, the surroundings around the dome, when Clemson arrives to new Orleans, uh, they're going to feel like they're in Baton Rouge. Just the, the, the streets are going to be filled with purple and gold. Um, they're a pretty rowdy bunch. And uh, so I, I think all of that helps LSU. But, you know, as Coach O says, and I've heard coaches say a bunch of times, all that's well and good until you get hit in the mouth. And uh, all of that kind of goes to the wayside and you concentrate more on what's going on between the lines. But I, I think it's a benefit. And, and even more so, guys, I think it's just a, it could be a very interesting storyline to what so far has been a magical storybook season. Uh, for LSU to get to play their final game. Joe Burrow perform as a Tiger for his final time uh, in New Orleans, inside Louisiana, at a place that that loves to celebrate anything, much less uh, a college national title. So hopefully LSU oh. can finish the drill and, and seal it up yep. on Monday. Going to be a good one, LSU Clemson. LSU a five-and-a-half-point favorite, the over-under 69-and-a-half. Chris Blair, the play-by-play voice of LSU, thanks for joining us, my friend. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Hi, everyone. This is Dave Briggs. Thanks for listening to the Home and Home Podcast. Remember, you can watch or listen live every day from 8.30 to 10.30 a.m. exclusively on the Radio.com app or at Radio.com slash home. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com.